Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. everyone. This is Marissa Carpico, the film editor at thepopbreak.com. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everyone. And we are back for another category episode of the uh, 2021 Oscar movies um, for the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. Um, This time we're doing a perennial um, favorite episode, which is the actresses, actress, uh, leading actress and supporting actress. Um, If you've heard us talk ever about a movie... (laughs) any movie we are actress people and and this is this is i mean i've put a lot of emotional work into these actress um categories this year and uh i know i know matt has too um so we're going to start with supporting actress um the nominees are ariana debose for west side story um anjanu ellis for king richard jesse buckley for the lost daughter judy dench for belfast and kirsten dunst for the power of the dog um, the, uh, Matt is our resident, the, the podcast resident, um, power of the dog stand. So why don't you talk to everyone about, um, Kirsten Dunst, uh, in this movie and also like, you know, how, how long, how long it's taken for her to be finally acknowledged by the industry in this way. Oh, it's so, it's so rewarding. It's so deeply rewarding because just like, you know, Kirsten has just done such good work for such a long time um, and realistically should have been noticed for years before. Mm-hmm. Like even like, you know, obviously her being in Melancholia was a big sort of mm-hmm. career revival moment of like, oh, like he or she is giving a great performance in a movie that like, even for me, someone who usually will not watch a Lars von Trier film, like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, Melancholia is, Melancholia is a good movie and she's good in it and everything. But like, realistically she's been doing great work for years like if you want to go with like quote unquote like boy favorite movies like she's honestly like worthy of a nomination for eternal sunshine but then even like you know you look at her comedic work in like Mm -hmm. teen movies she's done incredible things like obviously like a lot of people like bring it on i'm not a huge bring it on stan but um the the real choice is drop dead gorgeous that's the one i mean the one i'll fight for is dick the um Mm, i haven't seen oh girl it's so good i know and, i know like i won't i won't spoil it then but she has one she and michelle williams uh have a line at the end of the film that is just one of the funniest comedic feats i've ever seen in a movie <laughs> that i my brother and i quote at each other whenever we talk about politics dick is a therapeutic watch during election years i'll tell you that but um oh, okay but i um yeah i so this is just such a long time coming and it's good because, you know, I don't think The Power of the Dog is her best performance, so to speak, but I think it's one where it's like, you know, it's it, it avoids the fear that I think a lot of people have about their favorite unnominated actors of she got nominated for a performance that actually is interesting and emphasizes some of her best qualities as an actor. It's not like she did a biopic of some famous man and she's a supportive wife and she um like got a coattail nomination that way it's like it's not butterfield eight right yes basically if you listen to our retrospective podcast in a few months y'all and, <laughs> um 
So I'm just I'm I'm very happy for her. I think this is a good performance. I think she's phenomenal in it. Um, you know, the big the big centerpiece of, of her performance is that scene where she's kind of forced to play uh, the piano for a party, and it's just like brilliant physical work that like could have been overdone, but it's like she just dials it back enough where it's like mm-hmm. it's dramatic and interesting, but also like she is you know not becoming a caricature and I, I just think she's great and I'm as always hoping this is like another wave for her of like people liking her she's campaigning fabulously like she's doing all these mm-hmm. great interviews I'm like this is what I've wanted to see for a while this, this is like the stands are being fed this is what I've always what I've what I've dreamt of <laughs> her reaction to the Lady Gaga line in that interview when about the food thing <laughs> That alone deserves like an Emmy or a streamy. I don't know what it would have qualified for, but that alone is the is the performance of the year. Period. It's so fucking funny. She just <laughs> master. But no, like like seriously though, it's 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 insane that she has not been nominated like 45 times already. Like she should be Meryl Streep <laughs> already. You know, <laughs> it, it's weird because like. Let's get real here. Kirsten Dunst has never given a bad performance. Not that mm-hmm. not that I've seen. Um, and this, you're right. She's just on the edge of being like an embarrassing um, performance of a hysterical woman. But she is completely in control of her instrument and literally always has been. Go back to interview with the vampire. Hell, go back to she used to be in the um the the entrance video for the Tower of Terror at at Disney at Disney World or Disneyland or whatever. Like she's always been good damn it (laughs) and like (laughs) it's lovely to see this you're completely right it's not her best work but it's not a bad work and if she somehow won which is unlikely realistically um uh it wouldn't be embarrassing and realistically what this is is it's the industry finally acknowledging how good she is it's going to get her on the board for the first time and hopefully this means that now whenever she gives some a good performance which is basically every time she will get on the board every single time. And finally, she's going to win one like in the next 10 years, hopefully. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous that she hasn't won one. She's so good. Melancholia is like probably one of the best performances of this century. Let's mm-hmm. like, period. It's it's so good. Um, Like that movie would not work without her performance in it, realistically. Um, And she's really good here. It, it's 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 just nice to see her. It's nice it's nice to be to be nominated. It's an honor to be nominated for her. And you know, it's just lovely. And and with her and like Jesse Plemons both being nominated in the same year and like having that charming story of her like, you know, finding out it's it's wonderful. Um uh let's bring it down a bit, I guess. Although, you know, Judy Dench in Belfast, again, if you've listened to even one of these episodes this year, that you know that I am not a huge fan of Belfast. Um, but like Judy Dench is wonderful. Like, am I going to shit on Judy Dench? No. Is there enough meat in this role to be nominated? Probably not. But she's she's a legend. I get why she's nominated. Sometimes the Academy likes comfort food and, and nominating legends who've been nominated a million times. And Judy Dench is that. I don't think she, I wouldn't put her in my personal ranking, but I'm not pissed off about it. Who cares? They clearly really like Belfast. I'm not in that group, but my favorite scene in that movie is with Judy Dench. It's when they're at the movie theater or the, they're at the theater and you can see the reflection in the glasses. Um, I mentioned it in the, in the review. Um, again, if you haven't read the review by this point, like what are you doing? Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it's fine. I'm not mad at it. I, I wouldn't have picked her, but uh, who cares? It's Judy Dench. Like, like I'm not a monster. <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think she's the MVP of the movie. I remember yeah. for a while, in, in what feels like a distant memory already, there was a time when many people thought like Katrina Balfe would be the nominee for the film. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of being like, okay, like, it's like, <laughs> I, like, you know, no, no offense that she's fine. No. I just think like, you know, I was like, that feels random. And then uh, Judy Dench, I think, is actually giving like a really good performance here that like, I mean, she's obviously a professional. She's, yeah. you know, a legend. It's not a surprise she can do this, but it's like, realistically, it's the first time I've seen her in a while not be on autopilot, which is not an insult because her autopilot is, you know, a legend's autopilot. It's fine. It's just that, like, this feels like she's really doing something, you know, interesting. And I I wish the movie was as interesting as she was. But I, I think she's also the subject of my favorite scene in the film, which is uh, her saying, like, she's she's... I forgot the context because context, it's been a few months, but uh, she's, like, saying goodbye to them at a bus stop and everything, and it's, like, a nice... Oh, God, Jesus. Moment. Yeah, it's, like, a nice little emotional moment that she sells. So it's, like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue this. I Judy Dench is great. I'm happy for her. Um, you know, her, her turning to the camera in Cats, uh, <laughs> singing directly, made me laugh so hard. I needed to use my emergency inhaler in the theater. No, uh, you did it. Did you really? I did. That's, oh, my I God. Did. <laughs> and um, so, you know, it's like, sure, this is this is for that one. Good for you, Judy. <laughs> oh, man. You heard, or you heard it here first, everyone. Judy Dench almost killed Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I love that. Wow. Um another I think a performance we both love and an actress I think I've talked about year like probably two years ago realistically for Wild Rose like she was probably my you know my extra like should have you know my alternate for uh, lead actress um Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter um who it was such a thrill to see uh, nominated mm-hmm. for that movie we've talked about that film I'm sure many times in previous episodes and we're certainly going to talk about it a lot this episode um but I, I, it's a thrill because I remember watching Wild Rose and being like, that bitch is a star. Who is this? And I was like, sure, then like someday this girl will be like a major player and probably win some awards. And I just thought it would take a little longer, but it's great to see her already on, on the board, essentially, um, because it's going to raise her profile and she's just going to get better and better roles and she's going to rate rise to those occasions. Um, and not to like, ding this role this is a damn fine role because she's playing a younger version of olivia coleman olivia coleman who's like probably our one of our greatest living actresses i mean is one of our greatest living actresses period (laughs) like i don't have to just say probably and like that would be scary as hell if i were like a young actor who's not done a lot who was like discovered on like you know like american idol or whatever in 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 britain or whatever like i would be shitting myself if i got that role but she like totally rises to the occasion and has to play this really prickly character at uh, a young age and has to do a lot of stuff realistically like Coleman is is on an island the whole time essentially doing like memory re- remembering these things her character has to do those things and sell everything that happens and she she sells every moment of it um and it's wonderful to see her here I I you know I don't think she is going to win um but 
I'm, I was so thrilled when I saw that nomination. What a delight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. It's such a, like, just, just an exciting nomination and one where it's like, like, realistically, Wild Rose, which we both loved, mm-hmm. was a movie that, like, I think the only reason that that didn't play with the Academy was because of just not campaigning well enough for mm-hmm. whatever studio has it. Because that's so, that's such an Oscar movie right there. It just happened to come out over the summer of whatever year that was. The Steenbergen and nomination was right there. and They didn't even touch it. It's insane. It's, you know, it's for the, it's, for the damn song. That should have been a layup, but then, like, for her to get nominated for a movie that did show up elsewhere during the ceremony, but is just such a more challenging film, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Like, this is, like, mm-hmm. this is such an exciting uh, move for her career, an exciting move for the movie itself, which is, like, one of the best of the year. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, like, you said it perfectly. It's, like, she's playing Olivia Coleman, like, a younger Olivia Coleman, and it's, like, incredible the way those two performances inform each other without it becoming like showy it's not like she's doing like an olivia coleman impersonation she's just like (laughs) they both totally get the character and it's Mm -hmm. like it's really 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 good work and i'm excited for what um what comes next from her i think she's really she's one to watch i i desperately want to see her production of Cabaret that she's doing in the on west end right now which like sounds strange and perhaps like it won't all work for me, but I, I want to see what she does with that character. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I've watched her do anything at this point. I'm I'm like, I'm so ready for the Jesse, Jesse Buckley renaissance or whatever. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the imperial phase, if you will. Yes, there. Um, uh, all right. Um, let's talk about uh, Anjanou Ellis in King Richard. Um, why don't you uh, talk about like, I mean, what a what a big moment this is. I mean, we in our actor episode, which you've either heard or are about to hear tomorrow, um, we talk about like longtime character actors, and like nobody defines that in this category more than Anjanou Ellis, who's just been doing solid work in like a million things for for like her entire career. Yeah, it's an incredible performance. I think she's the MVP of the movie, um, and mm-hmm. even. Uh, Will Smith's victory speech yesterday at the um, SAGs, he even seemed to acknowledge it. Like, he, like the way <laughs> he gave a great speech and he was really acknowledging, like, how much she brought to the film as part of it. And, like, it's she's really wonderful in it. And it's the sort of thing where it's, like, what a, like, just, what a cool nomination. Like, we love character acting. And I just think, like, you know, so few character actresses get these nominations it feels sometimes let alone like black character actresses who like there, I mean, there's mm-hmm. legends out there I, like um that like you know fully ignored by the academy and it's like this is an incredible nomination and just like really really deserve it because going into the film you know you just you you expect with certain genres of films in this case like one like a movie that's a little more oscar friendly than you know like a, a little more oscar baby I was like, okay, Anjanou Ellis is going to play the concerned wife slash mom who will have... The Natalie Walker role. Yes, basically. And I, and she does not let that part become that. And um, I think that's a really just testament to how good she is in this movie. Um, I think she's she's wonderful. I'm very, very happy to see her get the nomination. Yeah, that uh, what I assume will probably be her Oscar reel moment is the, um, is the kitchen scene. And yeah. we have seen that kind of scene 10 thousand times and it is such a cliche it, it is 
it is right for becoming the, the Natalie Walker moment because she's literally making sandwiches like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches during that scene. And it, it could easily slide into this horrible, you know, um, reductive cliche of, of the wife of a great man or something. Right. And she never, ever lets that happen in the entire movie. We always believe that her, that this woman is a complete person who, um, has her own thoughts and is equally integral to the way the girls succeed. These like literally the two, the two greatest, you know, tennis players of all time, uh, lady tennis, well, real like tennis players, period. We don't even have to put a gender on it. Um, like that in a, if this movie were made 10 years earlier or like played by someone else, you wouldn't get that, but you never don't believe that she is equally as important if less open about that than than the titular you know richard um and yeah you're absolutely right it is the kind of role especially by um, a black character actress that would have been ignored in the rest of history and it is so nice to see it because i think you're right she is the mvp of the film she's so fucking good every time she was on screen i was so excited to see her and i've liked her for a long time honestly like I remember the first thing that I remember really looking her up for and being like, wow, what a cool name. <laughs> Number one <laughs> um, was like, she's in true blood, like as some, and a, a show I did not like, honestly, that I only watched the first season of, but I remember she was so good in it. I was like, I'm going to, anytime I see that lady, I'm going to like try to watch her stuff because what a good performance that was. <laughs> and every time I see her in something, I'm always so happy to see her appear and this is like such a great moment for her because it just feels like finally this great character actress is being noticed. It's it's wonderful. That's so funny. I was obsessed with True Blood and I like, I cannot remember who she played, but that's a, a, like, you know. She's I, fully in three episodes. Like she's barely in it. Her name is Diane. And I don't even know who that character is. Couldn't tell you. I had to repress a lot of that show. So there's a yeah. chance yeah. Uh, that, that she's just in those unlucky episodes that got repressed but regardless i'm thrilled what a great performance um great nomination i i I love it king richard you know i'm gonna bang this drum for as long as possible like we are all sleeping on how good king richard is as a film going community and i think that's embarrassing no i fully agree with you yeah it's it's completely true Uh, yeah i think people are dismissing it just because it's a sports movie and like uh, you know, it's not like like Will Smith has a different profile than like uh, a heavy hitting actor. He's a movie star. He's not a not a not thought of as a ha- heavy hitting actor. But mm-hmm. yeah, that film is fucking solid as hell. That is a classic Oscar picture. And we'll talk about it eventually in, in our best picture stuff. But yeah. Um, and then uh, the final nominees are Ariana, Ariana DeBose, um, who won the SAG and will probably win uh, the Oscar and will make history by doing so for playing for winning an Oscar that somebody else has already won an Oscar for. Um, and Do you know the other two characters that have done that? This is a fascinating bit of trivia. <laughs> isn't it someone this year? Isn't, isn't that the other one? Uh, or is no, that the possibility? There's a possibility of Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley both winning for the same Yeah, that's category. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. But Joker and Vito Corleone are the only two other characters that have that's... won two actors Oscar. And I'm, you know, what a fascinating trio of characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joker, Vito Corleone, and and Anita from, <laughs> from West Side Story. I mean, only, like, you know, two of them are great. Um, 
you guys can obviously guess which ones we think those are. Um, I, I, I can't wait for Ariana DeBose to win an Oscar. I think mm -hmm. she, that movie, as you've heard us say a million times by this point is a fucking masterpiece and, and like, essentially perfect and yet somehow she is the biggest star in it she is she walks away with that movie i i saw it the first time i saw it was like 10 a.m on a saturday or whatever and you know i'm sitting in the credits you know wiping the tears off my face and the woman next to me turns to me and she's just like god who is that girl she's incredible and i'm like no shit i don't even know this woman and we talk about ariana debose for like three minutes <laughs> like we just <laughs> We have to rave about Ariana DeBose. She's such a friggin' star in this movie. It's the dancing, the singing, the she she acts the shit out of that role, and like it is literally a role we've seen in an iconic way before. And yet she she brings completely new ground, like new stuff to this this thing we think we know, and that's the whole thing of that movie. But what an incredible performance that is. I cannot wait to see her win that Oscar and also to see what it does for her career. What a thrill. She's so good. Over the summer, my boyfriend and I watched um, Schmigadoon on Apple TV+, Plus, um, which she is in. And the show itself is, like, fine. Like, it's, it's worth a watch if you have the time. But she's phenomenal in it. And we were just like who who is she and we like we became like obsessed and then <laughs> she did the wicked concert that pbs put I think, oh, yeah. I think it was pbs where she sang the wizard and i and we were both like oh like she's amazing and we became the biggest ariana debose fans that that you could be basically at that point and we just have had such a thrill of whenever someone sees west side story be, and they're like the girl plays anita was amazing and we're like oh you mean ariana debose who we're huge fans of and um it just it's such a thrill she's so so good in this movie um i mean obviously there's the america of it all which is just like one of the most thrilling musical numbers like ever <laughs> that i've yep. seen basically and yep. it's funny because the original is also one of the most thrilling musical numbers ever literally like, one of the, probably the the greatest musical number of all time and yet and it still is so she's so good that she still rivals that it's insane She's so good, but then also it's funny because like her moments where she's not singing and dancing are in a way just as thrilling. Like the moment mm -hmm. where she's uh, getting like angry at um, I'm blanking on his um, on his name right Bern now. Uh, Fernando. Uh, Bernard Bernardo. Bernardo, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bernardo is um, you know, when she's getting angry at Bernardo over breakfast and like um, she starts like she just like at one point gives him this look that is both like a really good comedic beat, but also like, Oh shit. Like she, she means <laughs> business and everything. And it's such a good moment. And then of course the heavier stuff she has to do at the end, it's all Oof. so perfectly acted and just like, you know, what a, what a talent. Like, it's like in a cast where everybody's very, very talented. Like, yeah, this is someone who you're like, Oh, like she should, she should and could, do a million things after this and i think that's mm -hmm. really really exciting and i hope you know whether it's on stage or not because she's said in interviews she's like a broadway her a broadway person through and through and everything like whether she wants to do stage or stay in screen or, or go to the screen or whatever like i'm like i will follow that career wherever because she's so good you know the best thing about it for me personally mm -hmm. is that she will be the first so you think you can dance contestant to win because that's the first thing I ever saw her in. And I didn't realize that because she got she got knocked off the first week, basically. Um, 
but she's in like probably the my favorite season of the show a show like a season where there are dances that I've watched probably hundreds thousands of times truly she's like season nine and that was her first gig and like to see her go from that to Hamilton like being in the original cast dancing in Hamilton and then to this what a fucking career trajectory that is the holly that is the shit of Hollywood dreams you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. she is she is what you think about when you think about like 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 Hollywood success stories. What a freaking thrill. Ah, oh, man, I'm so excited for her. <laughs> what a thrill it's going to be. If she loses, I'm going to be devastated, obviously. Um, I mean, she's my pick. Uh, I think she'll win it based on the SAG. I mean, and her, her speech was charming. She's so charming. It's like, I don't know how she could lose it at this point. Um, are, is she your, I'm assuming she's your pick too. She's my pick. And I, I think I feel pretty safe in her winning. I think the only possible other win here could be Kirsten Dunst, but like mm-hmm. it would require a more of a swell of support from the other guilds for um for me to believe that could happen. And I mean maybe that has happened since we've recorded this, but as yeah. of recording, it feels like this is Ariana DeBose's to lose. Um it just feels like the easiest way for win it for voters to to like honor West Side story basically. And I, mm-hmm. I'm like hell yeah, let's let's see it happen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's such a star-making role, honestly. And honestly, also, if, if she lost, it would be, like, iconic to the point that it would, like, fuel her career forever. Like, either way, I don't want her to lose, but, you know, it, at any way, it's going to be great for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a couple – I only have a couple alternates. I'm sure at least one of them we will overlap on. Um, one of them is a sort of soft one, but, you know, given – if you've listened to the pod, you know. Um, I fucking love Dakota Johnson. I think she's so fucking good in The Lost Daughter. Um, le- I, I mean, the, 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 that movie works because of the trio of actresses, realistically. And um, she's she has to play an incredibly difficult sort of role. The kind of role that, like, I don't know, reminds me of her mother, Melanie Griffith, as, like, this object of desire, um, in which Melanie played like uh, multiple times throughout her career, but, um, and realistically to be headridden into, but um, she has to play this object of a desire and also this like mysterious person who is possibly manipulating this person who is interested in them, Olivia Coleman's character, um, or is just so damaged and confused that she, she doesn't even realize she's manipulating. She's just living her life. Um, and she, or, or like, she's walking a line of like, is she being, does she know she's being stare at, stared at? Is she being playing into that, like, that looking? Um, what is she thinking at any time? Also, like, <laughs> you know, is she trashy or sexy? Is it all a put on? Is this person real? Like, what, what's going on? I think it's just a good performance. I just think Dakota Johnson is great and underrated and, like, sometimes eventually she will be recognized i think because she's she's so good um but i would have loved if she'd gotten nominated for this because i i just think she's like such a screen presence really uh, what's one of yours um i'm gonna start with a with a fun one uh which is anna de Armas in no time to die which is just yeah. like like you know that's my other one yeah, this is at this point we probably talked about this movie so many times on this show. 
it's such a perfectly made blockbuster. And, like, my boyfriend and I always talk about how, like, you know, right from the get-go, her character, it's like, oh, like, instantly you're fully wrapped by whatever she's got going on. She's so interesting and funny. The scene is hysterical, but also just great action. The mm-hmm. the moment where she thinks she's flirting with him, and then she's like, what? No. Like, we, we're, like <laughs> we're on a mission. It's such a good comedic beat. And then the part... At, the end of that sequence where like she like basically waves to the camera and is like bye maybe i'll come back later or something like that is like you know such a flex of like yeah i know this character is iconic and this is the best scene of the movie so far and you all yes like yes we're gonna let her have a victory lap and it's so good you know i um i really like her performance a lot in um you know um knives out back in 2019 and then we're going to have, in 2022, her her portrayal of Marilyn Monroe in uh, Blonde, the um, Andrew Dominic film, which, like, by all accounts is, like, this dark, brutal, really hard R thing that we're all going to have to sit through. And I'm sure, you know, it'll probably be fine. It'll probably be, you know, best case scenario, really fascinating. But, like, this is just, I'm, like, I'm looking forward to her doing weird, you know, interesting stuff. But I'm, like, let's not forget, she's really fun. And there's, like... Mm-hmm has like the most movie star potential of any actress I think in recent memory where I'm like like I'm talking true like matinee idol movie star and I'm oh like, yeah yeah I'm like you know this is she's like it's such a fun scene I've been like my, my boyfriend ordered always jokes her, her character's name is Paloma for those who don't know and I've been ordering Paloma <laughs> like ever since we saw that movie and I'm like to that movie like incept me like I, I haven't even like it's not even a conscious thing but I just think it's how iconic her work is <laughs> yeah it's it's fucking great I mean that was my other choice because it is like it's it's probably in the top five performances of, of last year and she's on the screen for like 15 minutes tops and she does have that great line at the end that's basically like stay longer next time and that is and that and it's fully that uh, like us that's how we feel about that character and it's it's also a great role for like uh, uh, you know, in Bond history, because usually there are, there's, I've written about this many times, but like, there is a three girl structure in Bond movies, realistically, that takes over for most of Bond history. There's your main girl, there's um like a villain girl who often gets killed off at some point, And then there's this girl who's like a helper of some kind who usually always dies. Always. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> when when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh no, they're going to kill Anna Dormans. <laughs> like, that was my first thought. Um. And like, spoiler alert, she doesn't die. But that's what's so fun about the way she plays that role. Because I don't know if she knows Bond history, but everything about the way that role is written and about the way she's playing it is is playing against what we expect that character to be. We expect her to die. We expect her to flirt with him. And she absolutely does not. Instead, she plays it. She doesn't play it as this like sexy thing, even though she literally could not be any hotter in that scene. (laughs) Like the dress is insane. But she's playing it almost like girlishly, as if she's just excited to be out on her first mission. It's so charming. And she walks away with the fucking movie. Like, everybody who talks about that movie comes out of it talking about how good she is in that movie. And it's good that you bring up Knives Out, because um, it she got she gets that role because Daniel Craig was like, this girl's good, let's put her in this little role. Because it was originally going to be, like, Felix's... Um, like it was just going to be Felix in that scene, but they like made this role for her and she takes this thing and runs away with the damn movie. It's so friggin' incredible. Like what an absolute star. You're completely right. She has 
such star potential. I remember when I saw the movie um, and I think we, you and I had been talking about the Marilyn movie earlier that day or something, or the first pictures had come out. And I remember thinking like, Ooh, I don't know if she has, has that in her. And then I watched this movie and I was like, Oh, she could do Marilyn. She has the charisma. Like it, like it immediately convinced me that she could do it because it is, she is almost playing a sort of like bubbly Marilyn type in it. And it's, I don't know, it's such a good performance. Like I, it would be, it, it's the kind of thing that would never get nominated, but it's absolutely the kind of thing that should have been nominated because it is that good. Absolutely. I'm, I, I, I love it so much. I love that movie so much. And um, yeah, I, I wish it, could have gotten into the you know a little more attention but i'm excited for whatever she does next i'm by the time this episode releases i think uh deep water the ben yes. affleck erotic yes. came out. i which i'm like hell yeah sicko movie i, lo- I love this i love like, the more sicko shit we get the better and i can't wait um, we are <laughs> whatever was left of our sanity will be going with that um I have a- you have a bunch more right yeah yeah, just the, I'm going to just, I'll keep it quick because we have to talk about the lead still. But um, just going down a list uh, of people who I think sh- could have gotten some attention. Um, again, I don't know if this movie was actually eligible or if it even got like properly released, <laughs> but Jennifer Ely from um, In St. Maud giving a really good mm. uh, performance, very, very mm. creepy performance. Um, uh, a movie that, you know, we talked about before, we uh, definitely the buzz on it sank so fast, but um, the MVP of In the Heights is Daphne Rubin Vega, who is so good, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm all for Broadway actors getting a moment on screen. Um, Riley Keough in Zola's doing incredible work. Um, yes, oh my God, that's such a good choice. She's so she's so good. I think about her like little tangent she gets in that movie <laughs> um, so much throughout the year. Um, there's let me th- let me go. Th- First, uh, we've got um, the beloved Rebecca Ferguson, Rose the Hat High for Life in Dune. Um, just, she, I think, I remember, like, I was watching Dune. I've talked about Dune before in the podcast and how much I love it, but, like, my first time watching it was, like, at 11 a.m. at an IMAX screening <laughs> on opening weekend. And I was, like, I had, I had not read the book. I remember trying to read the Wikipedia page at one point and being, like, girl, I don't know, this is and like I was like I hope Rebecca Ferguson has a good part and then within the first 20 minutes she's like crying outside that door as like the space witches are there and she's like I'm like girl work like I was like this is why I go to the movies like I was like what I'm here for it was it's so she's so good and on that note also uh, Charlotte Rampling in Dune, like yes. talk about a, a two scene wonder, incredible performance. Like Dune is amazing, y'all. Um, uh, continuing the train of legends only. Um, <laughs> Regina King's really fun in The Harder They Fall, which I think is like uh, a movie that I was a little bummed to see, like not really pick up any steam ever. Not that I, you know, she's playing like a villain in it, and it's like very much like a you know, an R-rated action film sort of thing. But I just think she's so fun. And that movie looks so good where I was like surprised to see Netflix not even really try to get it, even yeah. in tech categories. But Regina King's wonderful and clearly having fun. And I'm happy to see that even amongst like, you know, this 
great era we're seeing her in where she's just kind of getting the respect she deserves as like one of our best actors she still gets to have fun and then um uh harriet San- sanson harris in uh actually no i'm sorry wrong name um harriet walker in the last duel uh really underrated performance i think in that movie just like uh you know you she you kind of think she's just uh matt damon's annoying mom in it and then she has like one phenomenal scene near the end where you kind of it totally recolors her character and it's really fascinating uh and the two big ones that i'm genuinely bummed to see didn't get nominated because they actually did have a chance uh one is rita moreno in west side story who um Hmm. going in i assumed she it was like a glorified cameo basically um because you know i didn't quite think of how they'd work her into this movie but they give her the arc that like she deserves as a as a legend and it both makes the movie better like the story of west side story better but also she just kills it it's it's an incredible performance and um i would have loved the oscar stat of like her getting nominated for west side story twice but playing two different characters and um lastly the person who is my winner this year um and i got a last minute surge of hope because she made it at the sags but she didn't make it to the oscars and that's ruth nega for um passing Mm -hmm. which is just phenomenal performance um i've mentioned this before on the i must have i guess i don't know passing didn't get many nominations but um i i love the novella passing i read it in school and um it like really stuck with me and i remember thinking like that's going to be such a hard book to adapt and then the part Ruth Nega is playing is a very hard part to play um, on the page. And she, she does it like phenomenally. It's so, it's like immediately uh, you're drawn to her character and fascinated by whatever's going on in her head, which is exactly what the movie should be going for. And, um, you know, I wrote in my original letterbox review of it that she's channeling like, you know, Blanche DeBoe energy and everything. And it's like, it's so perfect. It, it's such a perfect performance. And um, I I wish she had gotten it. I really thought she was going to make it in. And I was so disappointed on um, Oscar nomination morning, even though this is a very strong supporting actress lineup. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good lineup. Um, all right, let's move on to lead actress. Um, uh, the nominees are Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, and Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Um, uh, let's go with the softest one. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos. Um, I, I like the performance a lot, um, but I think Nicole Kidman is great. So uh, I, I like she doesn't particularly... Um, it's not like she reminds me of Lucille Ball, the real person, let's say. Um, not that I knew her. <laughs> um, I only know her screen persona realistically. I haven't seen like a lot of interviews with her or anything like that. Um, but I believed it enough as a character in in this film that I was like, man, she's really doing something like she's just showing us how good she is. And I feel like Nicole Kidman has done that a bunch of times in the last couple of years. Um, but I was ready to do whatever she wanted, like to go on whatever journey she wanted to take me on as this, as this character, quote unquote. Um, I think it's the best thing in the movie. I think 
people think the movie is better than it is because Nicole Kidman is go- so good in it. Because realistically, the movie is the same damn movie that uh, What's-His-Face has been making for years. It's the same movie as uh, The Social Network, realistically, which we both love. Um, you can listen to our podcast about it. Um, uh, it's the same movie as that um, that uh, Michael Fassbender one where he's, uh, you know, the Apple guy. If <laughs> He's Steve Jobs. So... <laughs> It's the same damn movie, but she does it so well and and makes that cliche kind of character who's saying the same shit all these characters do in 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 these movies um, feel fresh. And I don't know, it's just Kidman's great. Um, is it the best performance of the year? Not even remotely. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on it? I think you're cooler on the whole film than I am. Yeah, I'm cooler on the film as a whole. I found it like. I'm so tired of Sorkin. I need him to take five years yeah. off and just like... Please go away, sir. Yeah, it's, it is it is wild that someone was responsible, at least partly, for like one of the best movies of my lifetime, but also like like so much... Five pain. of the worst yeah. movies of the last t- 10 years. Yeah, it's just like, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, like the, the duality of man. But, um, <laughs> but I, um, you know, beyond that, I think she is genuinely good here um like honestly even great some would like i i guess you could say in some scenes like nicole kidman is phenomenal and it's such a testament to how much she can do as an actor um yeah but yeah the movie is just not there and it was a sort of thing where i'm like i was fighting between wanting nicole kidman to have an oscar but also being like do i want her to have an oscar like another oscar but do I want that to be for this movie? And I don't think she's the front runner anymore as I did pre SAGs, but mm. um, you know, it like, it's fine. She's going to get another Oscar nomination. She's going to eventually win another Oscar. She's also in this, like, you know, as you say, Imperial phase of like also dominating television now. Like she yeah. has like limited series set up on every streaming platform apparently. So it's like, it's fine. And also, she gifted us with the incredible AMC uh, <laughs> introduction from Real. So it's like, we're fine. Like, Harper's You know what? They got to cut to it. her. They got to have her come on stage after she loses, because we know she's going to lose, and just say, heartbreak, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. She has to. They have to do it. Please. It, like, <laughs> it has to. The, we talked about this. I can't remember if it was on mic or off mic, but if she loses... <laughs> The way every gay man on Twitter is going, heartbreak feels good in a place. Oh my God! My entire Twitter feed for like two full minutes is just going to be a, a like images of that over and over and over again. And I can't wait. I can't. I'm literally staring <laughs> at the framed picture of the speech <laughs> that my boyfriend gave me for Valentine's Day. It is. Oh it is one of the. It, it is one of the greatest gifts she's ever given us, and we love her. Um. She's good in this very, very mediocre movie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a delight. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, how about, let's do Penelope Cruz and Parallel Mothers, who I, I was surprised um, got nominated, but love to see, because I think that film is great. We've talked about uh, the film uh, probably a couple of times before you've heard, the, uh, like on other episodes before you've heard this episode. Um, and I think... Penelope Cruz is someone I don't think the Hollywood film industry has figured out how to use, but Almodovar knows exactly how to use her. Um, and she's so fucking good in this movie. The, the, Parallel Mothers is so good. Um, 
and she's excellent in it, playing a very tricky character who has to um, do something very morally questionable uh, and then play out those decisions. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Play out those decisions in a very compelling way. And and the film takes a second to get to that point. Although I, because I know I'm watching an Almodovar film and he loves melodrama, I was like, this is that, did they just, are we, is this what, what's going to happen? And then mm. it did. And I was like, yes, excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just so compelling. And she is the reason it's compelling because realistically we were following her perspective the whole time. There are two mothers in it, realistically. But the person we get to know the most about who's creating all this sort of dramatic irony is the Cruz character. And she just acts the hell out of it. It's such a good performance. I was so thrilled to see her get nominated because I was I really love that movie. Um, thoughts on Miss Cruz? Yeah, I mean, I'm thrilled. It's like, I forgot who I'm stealing this thought from. It might have been you actually on, on Letterboxd. I don't remember. <laughs> but like someone either tweeted or wrote on Letterboxd how realistically like every performance she gave in an Almodovar movie should be nominated and like it's you know it's true like she is someone who you're absolutely right like Hollywood never quite figured out how to use and um we're preparing for our next season of the retrospective podcast right now and uh, not to spoil episodes we're going to do but we are doing 2009 and as I was like looking at what movies I have to speak out I was like oh like I forgot she got nominated for nine, <laughs> like a movie that like is bad, like very bad. And like, yeah, it was great performances in it by the, by some of the women, but yeah, a, a bad movie. Oh a yeah. Movie. Fuck, I forgot. Wait, we have to watch that. We have to watch it. Get ready. Cinema Italiano. Um, but like, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's funny. Cause I'm like, she's such a great actress and it just feels like mm. no one ever gives her enough to do except for Almodovar um and like you know the closest anybody's come in America is is Vicky Cristina Barcelona that is the closest she's anybody has ever come to knowing what to do with her unfortunately unfortunately and you know we'll have to eventually oh no we already did that year never mind we never talk about that again But, um, but you know it's like it is just a shame that she's so poorly used by so many American filmmakers when he gets so much good out of her and you know i'm i'm thrilled that in her you know lineup of oscar nominations she has two of her four nominations are for almodovar films and i'm like you know this will absolutely not be the last time she works with him so i'm like cool let's keep this going like let's make it so that this iconic director actress pair continues to be like canonically iconic in the oscar um history and everything because she's she's so she's great in the film uh you know a movie that i really really enjoyed as well and i i'm thrilled for her i i'm anytime she gets to give a great performance uh i'm thrilled yeah yeah i mean fantastic um let's see who we uh let's do olivia coleman in the lost daughter um what thoughts on olivia coleman i mean we've already talked about it a little bit uh, in the earlier um, category, but you know, now we get to talk about Olivia. Yeah, it's funny because I obviously knew Olivia Coleman before the favorite, and, but this is probably on mic somewhere. But it's like I remember thinking in 2018 how like, oh, it's cool that like she's this great character actress um, who is turning up in the favorite, which becomes this unexpected Oscar player, 
and she gives one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie, mm-hmm. and she actually wins. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, that's cool. She's going to end up being like the other character actors who have won Oscars and go back to being a character actor. And like, instead it's like, oh no, she's going to continue to do like incredible work. And then seeing The Lost Daughter again, I'm like, oh, like she's just casually giving another one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just like, like this is two incredible performances within five years of each other. And It's it's a thrill. Well, she's three. So Let's not forget the father and the way we rave, raved about it last time. True. Yeah. It's she's. I, I genuinely believe she might be the best working actor we mm-hmm. have right now, and um, like regardless of gender, and it's like it's such a thrill um to see her every single time, and she's incredible here, and it's like I love to see her pull out another surprise win basically like it's like just i mean i i I, her winning for the favorite was one of my favorite oscar moments oh the best yeah i i stood up and cheered i remember like it was just so unexpected and i watch her speech regularly like it is probably one of my most watched it's one of the most endearing speeches and i'm like um and then even you know outside of film her work in fleabag is iconic like i i think about some of her line readings a woman robbed like like daily (laughs) she's she's brilliant and the more awards the better and i she not to spoil it but like she's my winner this year i think it's it's Um, almost it's almost easy i think she she's phenomenal yeah yeah it's funny because you and i when the film came out we were just we uh, we weren't sure she was going to get nominated we were like kind of thinking like oh they're they're not going to appreciate this film as much as i think we do um and uh, wonderfully we were proven wrong um, mm-hmm. but man, what a great performance. It, it does feel like every year now you and we just keep thinking like she can't keep being this good. And then she just proves <laughs> us wrong over and over again. She's just so good. And like each, if, and if you take these three performances, they're all so completely different. And this one is so difficult to pull off because she has to be, uh, really mean quite often and make choices that you don't understand. Um, and lash out at people constantly um and also be like clearly having a breakdown and there's just it's such a difficult role that i i don't know how one person can like wrap their head around it and she makes it look so damn easy it's incredible yeah she is really one of probably the one of the best working actors uh currently it's and we're so lucky like it's it's completely true it's like she's only been on an upward trajectory somehow she's only been on an upward trajectory since the favorite and and that already seemed like the best performance a person could be, give ever and it was i mean we loved that that performance and kept saying what a shame it would be when she lost and then she did <laughs> and we were both so thrilled and that that speech is so good you're right i i watch it like you know once a month probably um uh i think uh I mean, realistically, these are, pro- are the next two we're going to talk about are probably our, our front runners. Although it is a difficult one to call because every every the pre- the precursors are not all lining up. <laughs> you know, there's the actress race has been so difficult to predict this year. What a roller coaster of emotions! Uh, and what a, thrill. Of this, what a thrill! What a thrill! I mean, like again, as like lovers of actresses. This is this is the year for us. I can't imagine another year being this exciting because it's been truly wild. Um, the winner of the SAG was Jessica Chastain for the um, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, 
which would usually be a, a, a very good indicator, but there is not complete overlap between the SAG nominations and the uh, Oscar nominations. And the person who is currently considered the front runner, uh, we still haven't talked about yet. But Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye, um, you said something great that I think is um, uh, has stuck with me and I think is a perfect um, uh, definition of this character in that Jessica Chastain is a campy actress and this film is, is a campy film. So it's like perfectly tuned to her, uh, her sensibilities. Yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling about it. It's like, I never, I mean, for lack of a better word, like got Jessica Chastain really. Mm-hmm. And then this movie made me a, like a fan again from like back how we were back in like, you know, her big year of 20. Her big year. Yeah. Was in everything. Yeah. And she's she's just you know like this movie's not my favorite and the performance is like you know not something i would rush to award but it's like it's really good and honestly i'm like if she got her oscar for this movie i'm like cool that's like a very solid win for her like career-wise and everything yeah i mean not to keep referring to this, but she was she Jessica Chastain very early on was was a was a Lucy Hale for me, if you will. I was obsessed. I watched all the things. I went and saw her on Broadway two days before um that big hurricane hit New York City and and uh, flooded the subways for uh, a little while, like in 2012 or whatever that was. What 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 was that damn hurricane? I don't remember. Um, but, um yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, but. And I was like, she was so good in that first year. And then her work since then has been really uneven because I think you're right. You, you, she has to have the right director and she has to be in the right role for her sort of sensibilities. Um, and she was bad in that Broadway show, like genuinely bad. Um, it was the heiress. Um, but this is the right role for her. And you're right. Made me remember again, like I was, I used to really love Jessica Chastain and like trust her and she's betrayed that trust, but maybe I should give it back because that was a good performance in a, in a movie that's like, doesn't always work tonally or narratively possibly like it's a little, it's a little too like lighthearted and goofy maybe, or unreal, like, like, wallowing in unreality but she's perfectly detuned to whatever the hell it's doing and is deeply watchable in it and like helps rehab or reframe a person who is so well known it's a good performance i wouldn't be mad at it either however um the the number one lucy hale of my life is kristen stewart and has always been and like i've been defending kristen stewart since the beginning when I heard she was in Twilight or what, like I read Twilight in high school and was obsessed with it because I was a teenage girl, you know, <laughs> who loved vampires. Like, obviously I was going to love this thing. And I remember when they were going to cast her, I was like, I gotta, I gotta study up on this girl. I was, I was like, as if I were the casting agent, I like heard a rumor. <laughs> and then I was like, let me go through her IMDB. And then I did. And I've seen most of the stuff she's ever made, maybe one or two things. Right. And she is, I will, I will be honest. I did not think this was the kind of performance she had in her. And I think she's good in the Twilight movie. She's the only real reason they work. She has to be good enough for us to be able to uh, experience the emotions of that character and fall in love with these boys who suck, frankly. I mean, I, I love Rob now, but he's not good in those. Um, but like, I always thought she was good in those. I, I saw the runaways twice in theaters. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, uh, I, I'm, I've, I've been, I mean, I have a, a poster of, uh, of, um, the, the ghost movie personal shopper in, in my apartment. It's like my prized possession. If there's a fire, I'm carrying it out. That's like the only thing I'm taking maybe my birth certificate, but like, <laughs> I, I love Kristen Stewart. And when there was a brief time when it didn't look like she was going to get nominated because of, she didn't get nominated for the SAGs. I was like, what did I do wrong? Did I pull focus from Kristen for too long after so many hard years of years of hard work that, that cosmically I let her down. Like I felt like guilt realistically. And I was like, I know this is nuts, but I can't stop myself because I have been on this Kristen Stewart train for so long. And I want her to win this friggin' Oscar so bad. And I don't even really like this movie that much. I don't even think it's the best performance of the year. Like, honestly, like for our lead actress. However, it feels like such a cultural vindication. And it will like, it just feels right. I want it so bad. And like, listen, you don't always win for your best role. And I don't think that her best role has even happened yet. But having her win this, I think will open up her career even more. Because truly, I never thought she would be good enough to do an accent. And the first time I heard this accent, uh, the the Diana voice, I actually gasped because she sounded exactly like her. Um, I just never thought she'd be able to do a role like this. And it's thrilling to me that she proved me wrong, who is her like number one fan. <laughs> like, and and I can't wait to see where it goes. If she does not win on Oscar night, I will be committing a crime. I, I this is <laughs> the Academy. You're on watch. <laughs> Matt, what would you like to say about Miss Kristen Stewart? <laughs> I feel bad. I don't have as much to add, unfortunately, because I don't have a. a no one could, because you're a sane Kristen person. <laughs> but um, but you know, I, I do think I'm not a huge fan of the film itself, but she is really good in it. Um, and yeah, I just think the the whole narrative of her career is so interesting, and the way you know she won respect back from like mm -hmm. from like film snob twitter basically with you know films like personal shopper and everything um was interesting to see and like she's so good in those movies mm -hmm. but also like you know it like it'll be a nice vindication of that work and the, not unlike the kirsten stewart the uh, um kirsten dunst uh narrative we were talking about of like yeah like she's good and well i don't love the film it's a very interesting performance in a movie that's a little weird. And I mm -hmm. think it's cool to see her get this nomination because unlike most biopics, this one doesn't feel like Oscar fluff. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's just, it, it's an interesting, an interesting nomination for a, a movie that doesn't totally work, but I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. And I do honestly think there's a chance she's going to win. Um, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's see what, what this career opens up because I think similar to Robert Pattinson, um, they're going to just continue to work with like interesting filmmakers doing interesting stuff. And I'm very much here for that. Like, I, I, I just think, like you said, we haven't seen Kristen Stewart's best performance yet. And I, I'm very excited to see where we go from here. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, the career trajectory of it is so thrilling to me as a person of like, who's interested in Hollywood history, because I remember the day that the news broke that she slept with that director 
uh, and she did on Robert Pattinson. I, I got up early to buy that copy of Us Weekly. Man, I had never been so sad to not still be working at Us Weekly than I was at that day. I think about that day all the time. I got up early. I went to that Dwayne Reed. I bought that Us Weekly. I I looked through those pictures like I was looking through like sacred texts. Oh, hold on. We're just going to pause for a second and delete this. Lots going on. <laughs> yeah. They're going right by. Okay. Uh, and like... I thought then when that when that news broke, I was like, "Ooh, this girl, her career is over. Her career is fully over after this directing thing, because like she's just alienated the entire fan, her entire fan base. Her fan base at the time was Twilight and people didn't like her very much anyway. They were the girls loved the boys in that movie. So nobody cared about her. Me only. Basically, <laughs> I'm the only one who's going to Twilight for Kristen Stewart. And like I thought her career was over. So for her to take that, that loss, realistically, like that career hit and go from being like, you know, kicked off of, or well, like from being like, okay, disgraced, uh, starting to lose movies. Like she was originally cast with Ben Affleck in Focus and then it became a Will Smith, Margot Robbie picture, but they like Ben had to leave after she got caught with that director. Cause I'm sure Jennifer Garner was like, absolutely not. Are you working with that girl? <laughs> and like, to to be like to slowly work her way up through like working in France with these with a great director and doing these really cool independent roles and to finally get to this point where she's like she's never been more confident on in on, on the the interview circuit and the night show circuit like uh and now she's gonna be recognized by her peers like very likely is such a cool like narrative for me and like it's just the like middle arc of a narrative. It would just be the jumping off point to even bigger stuff, which is just truly as, as a longtime Kristen Stewart fan, just like the, the biggest thrill to me. Um, I think uh, alternate, or I mean, I think she's going to win, but it's a hard thing to predict. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it could be any of these women and I would probably be happy with, but just about any of them, like Kidman the least, but like it's Nicole Kidman. I'm not going to be mad realistically. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I, I love that it's hard to predict. I almost like don't want to read a single thing about it at all going forward. And I want to just go into the night being like, yeah, I don't know who's going to win. It's so exciting because, you know, the one thing like like Oscars are like my, my sports basically. But the one thing that sucks from covering it so much is like you do sort of figure out the math of who's going to win you and everything mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, it's nice for this year. There's multiple races where I just, I'm like, I have no idea. And I love that. It's, it's a thrill. Yeah. The data is so unpredictable on this one. Um, alternate wise. Um, I mean, I think the big one in the room, which is like a movie star performance that both of you, we obviously both have said before, didn't think was the best performance of the year anyway, but for a little while looked like it was going to be the winner was Lady Gaga and house of Gucci. Um, and I, I would, I, I wish I could know what happened there. And I'm sure it's the, um, the, the, <laughs> you know, the Kirsten Dunst laughing in the interview of it all on some level and the, the, the truly too much um, campaigning, but man, I would love to talk to some other actresses. Like I want to do one of those like um, uh, anonymous talk to voters things mm -hmm. and be like, you know, why didn't you vote for Lady Gaga? Tell me why say say the mean shit because it seems wild because it really felt like it was hers to lose for a little bit there um 
but uh, why don't you, if you have, you have a couple, I'm sure, right? I have a few, not as many as Best Supporting Actress. Um, well, go ahead, we'll alternate. You do one and I'll do one and, you know, we'll, until we run out. Yeah, um, I'm going to start with uh, from the the worst person in the world, uh, Renata Rusev, um, who, you know, uh, or as I thought when I saw the publicity photos many times, I'm like, that's Dakota Johnson. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, she's wonderful. It's a great star making performance in a movie that I love dearly. Um, it's a movie that much, I, I, the way I've been comparing worst person in the world to people is like, it's like Lady Bird in her twenties, basically. And, um, oh my God. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, like Lady Bird, the movie wouldn't work without someone so good playing mm-hmm. that part and like the leading role. And she's wonderful in it. I love, I love her performance so much. And, um, you know, international films have a huge hill to climb in terms of nominations outside of best international films. So I'm not surprised at her snub, but it's, you know, a bit of a shame. I would have loved to have seen her. Yeah. Um, my one of mine is is Tessa Thompson in Passing, um, a film we talked about a lot, you know, in all of these episodes and already once in this episode. But uh, I mean, I, th- I like Ruth Nega a lot in the film, but I also really love Tessa Thompson. And I think it's easy to overlook what she's doing because it's the less showy role, but it is our entry point into this story. And she's doing such good, subtle work. And I just think Tessa Thompson is really, really good and sort of flying under the radar for the last couple of years. And I think we're just any minute, like in the next five years, she's gonna like have the role that finally makes people be, be like, let's let's nominate this girl for an award because she's really, really good. And I think she's really good in this, in a, in a tricky role and a very good film. And I would have loved to see her. I knew there was sort of no chance, but I just really would have liked to see it. Cause I just think Tessa Thompson is really good and we're not acknowledging that yet. I love her. She's, she's wonderful. Great, great performance in a really good movie. Um, I'm going to highlight another international one. Um, a movie I like much less than the worst person in the world, but it's a movie that like depends on this performance. And that is, um, Agatha Roussel in Titan, uh, or I forgot how you're supposed to pronounce it. Titan. But, you know, the the French film that blew our minds at New York Festival. And um, uh, I don't love the movie. It's it's aggressive and it's intense and weird, but uh, (laughs) it's a movie that quite literally would not work without someone deeply committed to the performance and um, a performance that asks her to do insane stuff so you know um would never have been nominated i think the academy i think at least 40 percent of the academy voters if they had seen that movie turned it off within the first 30 <laughs> minutes but um <laughs> you know she she's wonderful in it it's a phenomenal performance i i'm just imagining uh reese witherspoon putting on t10 with the with the kids and stuff and being like what the hell is this She's not um, watching movies anymore. She's just making NFTs. I don't know if you know. No, God, I shouldn't have brought her up. Reese, please stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nicole, can you talk to her? Um, no, don't. Nicole, stay away from her. <laughs> I was going to say, I meant to, to, to talk some sense into her, but you're right. We, I don't want to even, I don't want to put her even near that. 
Um, my last alternate is uh, Jodie Comer in The Last Duel, a film that we have talked about many times in these uh, these categories. Um, but I just a, a film that I I just don't get why I still don't get why it was ignored, especially Jodie Comer. Jodie Comer has been very good in a couple things for the last few years. I mean, she blew people away when she came onto the scene in in Killing Eve and is has just been interesting in everything I saw her. And even in Free Guy, she's the best thing in that movie I don't like. Um, but she has to play such a difficult part in this film. And if you are looking about, if you're th- talking about difficulty, I think even more than than Coleman for me, Jodie Comer has the hardest bar to clear uh, of, of the lead actresses this year. And it's wild to me that even though this film is not liked, that nobody just like acknowledges how fucking good she is in this movie. Cause it is an incredible performance for an actress so young um, to pull off perfectly. It is a perfect performance. There's not one misstep about it. The three, she has to play a character in three, from three different perspectives, um, uh, you know, two men and then, and then her character's own character. And the way that she just, takes you along on that journey in that third part is so compelling and so like deeply felt and realistic it's just it's so good and like talk about subtlety there is so much subtlety that's required to that performance and she makes it look so effortless I just like it kills me that that we all just like people just decided to ignore that movie and she got wrapped up in that because she's it's fucking brilliant it's a real i'll think about that performance for the rest of my life seriously <laughs> what are your thoughts or who's your next one i have two more um one i'll just mention really quickly um and that's alana heim in licorice pizza a movie mm. like you know um a movie that i think she is easily the best thing about she's so mm. funny in it and um you know it's been two three months since i saw that and the scenes that I remember are her comedic beats, basically. And um, I just, you know, like, in a way that feels rare, like, for someone who is a musician and not an actress, like, to just come out the gate with this performance that's not, like, you know, cashing in on her stage presence or her, like, star persona. I was just so impressed. Like, I'm like, who knew she had this natural talent basically and i i think she's really really wonderful in it um did you have another one or um no i'm done i have that's all my my stuff okay my last one um is uh rachel zegler in west side story who um mm. i was upset never got the sort of momentum that um ariana devos got and i get it to some degree because you know uh as i've said in my 1961 in our, our 1961 um retrospective episode like Tony and Maria for a lot of people is the most boring aspect of West Side Story. <laughs> but she, I think, made that love story resonate in a way that um, it never had before in the various stage productions I've seen, as well as the original film. Um, she's just so good. And then also just like, she has this quality to her acting that I think is so impressive for someone who had never acted before of just on, on screen in just like she knows how to like use a camera to like just have like screen presence basically like like she communicates so much through like body language and her eyes like her her best moment i think is like 
when she wakes up the morning after the school dance and uh, she slept in her clothes and she's trying to hide that that happened and everything. And it's a silent moment of just her getting ready for the day. And it's so funny and charming and romantic. And similarly, like, her musical performances um, just sells every emotional beat. Like, I Feel Pretty is such a lovely, fun musical number because she's selling the shit out of it. And I, um, you know, I'm I'm excited to see what she does next. I'm really curious. She, you know, she lined up a superhero film and uh, a Disney live action remake. And I'm like, I'm hoping something more exciting is on the horizon. But at the very least, I'm happy she's going to stay in the limelight because I, I just I want the world for her in terms of um, film options. <laughs> it, it does feel I think she's just too new. Maybe it's like and usually the Oscars love an ingenue performance. I mean, you're you're they they love to, you know an early career kind of performance uh, to award that. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, there's so much other stuff going on in that movie. And also it got so ignored in a weird way that it's like, she just got lost in the sauce or something. It's very strange. Very um, upsetting. Yeah. And, and you're totally right about Alana Haim. And it's like, Jesus, what a movie star performance. Uh, like it's like, it's unbelievable. Really, that that's like her first major role. It's a role actually like outside of a music video. It's friggin' nuts. I mean, it's unbelievable that she turned in that performance. It's like she, she makes that film worth seeing and it's not even a film I like. Um, that is our, uh, our actress categories episode. You know, it, it's, uh, it's our favorite one. We wait all year for it. Um, I'm at Marissa Carpico everywhere. Um, you can go to the website to see if I'm writing anything right now. I might not be since we're so close to the, um, the Oscars and it's probably all my focus. Um, <clears throat> uh, where are you, Matt? I'm on Twitter at Matt and I'm at you one and letterbox. I'm at two. Awesome. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody.